word of the Lord. Shall I go up to one of the towns of Judah? He asked. The Lord said, Go up. David asked, Where shall I go? To Hebron, the Lord answered. So David and his household went to Hebron. Then the men of Judah came to Hebron, and there they anointed David king over the tribe of Judah. However, one of the sons of Saul, Ishbosheth, was made king over the rest of the tribes of Israel. This led to a long period of conflict between David and Ishbosheth, during which time David grew stronger and stronger, while the house of Saul grew weaker and weaker. David continued to walk before the Lord, and one day Ishbosheth was killed. As a result, all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, We are your own flesh and blood. In the past, while Saul was king over us, you were the one who led Israel on their military campaigns. And the Lord said to you, You will shepherd my people Israel, and you will become their ruler. When all the elders of Israel had come to King David at Hebron, the king made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. David was 30 years old when he became king, and he reigned for 40 years. In Hebron, he reigned over Judah for seven years and six months, and in Jerusalem, he reigned over all Israel and Judah for 33 years. I am a man discovering destiny. I am a father leaving a legacy. I am the king of Israel. I am David. Thank you. Big welcome, everybody. Special welcome to Cambridge and Leicester. As we continue this series, I am David. I want to talk today on the subject of the seasons of the Spirit. Don't know about you, I sometimes have escapist dreams. I'd like to live in a country where it's sunny almost all year round. Anyone else? Southern California, Cyprus or something would be nice. But then I come back to think there's something great about British weather and the calendar. We do at least have distinct seasons, don't we? We have four distinct seasons. We have a proper winter, not my favourite time, but at least we can do Christmas properly. I mean, imagine being an Aussie. They can never sing, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. You've got to feel sorry for them. So we have winter, and then I love that turn between winter and spring. You see the first bulbs pop up. There's the prospect of uh, longer days, a sense of new life. And then we transition from spring into summer. If it eventually comes, how many love summer? Barbecue, Wimbledon, cricket. And then, of course, we turn into autumn. I've always loved autumn. You know, it's a sense of a new start, new term for schools, universities, a time of learning, Premier League seasons in full flight, Man City at the top of the Premier League, probably. That's one for Tom Webster. Uh, But I I love seasons, partly because I believe these natural seasons actually also speak to us about our lives. There are certain seasons that we go through in life. Aren't you glad that life is not just one samey, monotonous journey? There are times and seasons, maybe to do with your job or your career or your family or your age. But I believe we have something even greater as Christians, if we have received Jesus Christ and God has become our Father and the Holy Spirit lives in us, we can look at our lives with the sure knowledge that God is working to a plan and a purpose for us. He's got a destiny for us. But that destiny is not just a sort of a long, flat, same path. 
Normally, the road to our destiny or discovering our destiny, if we look back, we can actually say, ah, there were certain seasons on the journey. And so I want to talk today about this whole sense that we have a sovereign God who's our Father and that we often have to go through different seasons of the Spirit. And we can see that, I believe, in the life of David. He's a great example of this. Um, If you look from the readings we just uh, heard, and also at the whole of David's life, I want to do a little bit of an overview today, kind of at this key juncture in the series. We'll see that David had, if you like, four main seasons of his life, each of them separated by three different anointings. The anointing was when um, he was anointed first by Samuel with oil, and as a result, the Holy Spirit came on him. Four seasons, three anointings. Let me just briefly paint the picture for you. First, um, we have what I've described as a season of preparation. These are the hidden years. We don't actually read much about them at all, other than clearly, David learned how to be faithful as the shepherd of his father's sheep. He learned how to defend the sheep against wild animals, and he clearly developed his walk with the Lord so much that the Lord said, he's a man after my own heart. Preparation season. Then uh, prophet Samuel comes to his father's house, and much to everyone's surprise, David is picked out as to be the future king. He's anointed by Samuel, and the Spirit comes on him. That ushers him into a second long season. Uh, Commentators say maybe about 15 years, we would call a season of promise. He has the promise of kingship, but he's not yet king. It's a time of victory. It's a time of killing Goliath. It's a time of becoming a commander of the army of the Lord. It's also a time of challenge, as we heard last week, when you've got a murderous king after him. And so that's a season of promise. That season then ends in 2 Samuel 2, as we heard in our reading, where the tribe of Judah basically come to David and say, you're going to be our king. And for the next seven and a half years, after having received that anointing, he becomes king over a sphere, over a portion, but that wasn't yet the fullness of his destiny because seven and a half years later, the whole of the tribes of Israel come to him and say, David, you're the man, you're the king. They anoint him and he comes into the final season, a season of fulfillment a season of fulfillment. Trust that gives you a bit of an overview and a picture. Now, what I'm not suggesting here is that our lives are going to be identical to David's. He was in a different time, a different season. He is a literal king of an ancient kingdom. But I do believe that we can learn some amazing lessons from David's life. Because although probably none of us here are called to be literal kings, we have... Jesus Christ, who is our Savior, and when we become one with him, we acknowledge that he is the king of all kings. We get changed from the inside out. We, we become royalty. Amen. And so we have a destiny just as surely as David did. We now are living in an even better time than David did. And under the authority of the King of Kings, every single Christian, every single one of us, both individually and together, we are called, as it were, to go out and establish the kingdom of God wherever we see it in Jesus' name that will fulfill our destiny, glorify God, and see many people's lives transformed. But the principle is this. Like David, 
we go through seasons, spiritual seasons. So let me just look then at some of the lessons we can learn from David's life about how to, as it were, go through these spiritual seasons and arrive at our destiny. How many of you want to reach the max of what God's called you to? Uh, Okay, half of us. The rest of you just listen on. Just joking. Uh, Three lessons. Number one, first lesson, be faithful in your current season. Can we say that together wherever we're gathered? Be faithful in your current season. You see, whether you're aware of it or not, you're in a season right now. You can't do anything about a previous season. You can't actually predict or determine the future season, but you can do something about the season you're in right now. And I believe it's vital that we understand. We'll talk about the future and we'll talk about being expectant for the future, but I think it's important that we're not always so dreaming ahead that we don't make the most of today. You see, there's a principle that Jesus teaches, which is faithful in little entrusted with much. And so I want to say, wherever you are at right now, what God wants you to do is be faithful in the current, in the present, right now. Now, let's track through David's life. Some of you may be able to identify with different seasons. Some of you may be in a preparation season. It may be that you are young like David was. Or it may be that you're a young Christian. In which case, very often we we need to understand the value and the importance of what I call the hidden years. Here he is, he's having to learn principles of being faithful with what God has put in his charge. In that instance, it was charge over sheep. No wonder then that he was faithful there that God later said, I'm calling you to be shepherd over my people. How many agree that being charge over people is a bigger and a harder responsibility looking after sheep? But he was faithful. And some of you right now, you may be in that hidden season. Say, I don't really know what God's got for my life. Be faithful right where you are. Develop your relationship right where you are. You say, I'm just navigating and stewarding what it means to be a single person. Be faithful with that. Say, I'm newly married. Be faithful with that. I'm dealing with young kids. Be faithful with that. I'm in a job and I don't know whether it's the long-term job. Be faithful right there. Be faithful in the preparation season. Be faithful right now. Others of us, and I'm sure there's many, many of you here all across Kingsgate who say, no, actually, I'm not in just a sort of a hidden phase. I, I have received the Spirit. I know that God has promised certain things to me. You have a sense of destiny, calling. God has said. And you've entered into this season of promise. Can I just say, normally that season of promise is not a short one. <laughs> For David, we reckon it was probably around 15 years. For those of you who know the Old Testament uh, character Joseph. For Joseph, there was 13 years from when God spoke to him and gave him the dream. And when he, he moved into the fulfillment of the promise. Now, if there is a long period from promise and fulfillment, guess what we've got to do? We've got to be faithful and we've also got to learn to wait. I said this before, but, you know, particularly as a young man, I found waiting awfully difficult. 
And time and time again, I felt the Lord saying, you're on a pace to match my grace. And if you look at David, here he is. He navigates this, prep, this, pr- this um, promise season really well. There's still preparation going on. He's learning to take the opportunities that God's given him. You see, he has been anointed with the Spirit. Can I say, if you're anointed and you're a person of promise, you're going to see some breakthroughs. You don't have to wait until you become, you know, into the fullness of what God has for you. God has some stuff for you to do right now. He has some people for you to win to Christ right now. He has some people that he wants you to bless right now. But also in this season of promise, as we know from last week, it's also a season of waiting and it is a season in David's life where it was tough. He's had the promise he's going to be king, and yet he spends many of the years, these years on the run. And it looks like, when's the promise ever going to be fulfilled? The only thing that's going on in my life right now, David would say, is I'm, I'm, I'm on the run in the wilderness from a murderous, jealous king. And as we saw, he had to learn to be faithful and not take shortcuts in this season of promise. Can I say, if you're in this season... Go God's way. Stay on God's path. And what I love about David is he's clearly so learned the discipline of the Spirit and learned to humble himself that when it came time for his promotion, he's humbled himself before the Lord so he doesn't grab it, he receives it. Uh, Let let me explain. Back in the reading that we looked at, 2 Samuel chapter 2 It says this, David and Jonathan have just died. And it says, in the course of time, David inquired of the Lord. Now, I don't know whether that's just almost like a way of introducing the story. It happened at some time. But I think there may be something in this. In the course of time. In other words, David doesn't grab the opportunity. He waits for God. Can I say, if you've been in a season of preparation or promise for a long time, it's easy to get impatient and grab, even at that time when the the season's about to change. Don't grab it in the flesh, wait for the Spirit. Let me say it again. Don't grab it in the flesh, wait for the Holy Spirit. Make sure even the way you step into your new season is God-ordained, God-authored, because if God's behind it, he'll truly give you the breakthrough. And so David's yielded here. These, these seasons of preparation and promise have made that, meant that he's ready for God's timing. So we, we, we see here, first he inquires of the Lord. What do you want, Lord? Is that your attitude? Can I honestly say over the years, as the Lord has, has worked and still working on me, when I come to decisions, my number one prayer is, Lord, what do you want, Lord? Sometimes I have to dial down my own agenda and emotions and say, Lord, I need to hear from you, Lord. He inquires of the Lord, shall I go up to one of the towns of Judah, he asked. The Lord said, go up. So David asked, where shall I go? To Hebron, the Lord answered. So David and his household go to Hebron. He's still waiting though. And it says, if we read on, it's clearly that the Lord, who he's trusting to to bring the promise to pass, the providential God, the God who is over David's life, and can I say is over your life and my life. 
He orchestrates it, who does, the Lord does. So it says, then the men of Judah came to Hebron and they anointed him king over the tribe of Judah. Yes, get ready for a season of promotion. I want to declare that over some of you, but wait for the Lord, wait for his timing, wait for his word, because I tell you, when he promotes you, he'll keep you there. Now he enters into this season of promotion and you may say, well, what was that like? Well, I believe it was mixed season for David. The promise that he's going to become king has been fulfilled in part. He's king, but he's only king of one and a half tribes. The rest of the nation is still under one of the descendants of Saul. And I believe very often we can be in that season where we see evidence that God's promise over our lives has begun to be fulfilled. And there's that sense of, yeah, but there's this sense of, I'm sure there's more. Anyone relate to that? In other words, you, you've, you've been promoted in, in, in that sense to a sphere. And you still need to be faithful and you still need to be wait, wait and you still need to make the most of that season. Seven and a half years later, David, because of his faithfulness, is then ready to become king of the whole nation and my simple word to you is whatever season you're in be faithful if you're in a preparation season be faithful if you're a season of promise be faithful if you're a season of promotion be faithful if you are at the place where God wants you and you're in a season of fulfillment you need to be faithful as we shall see in the rest of the story that was a really important thing for David be faithful second thing be faithful So be faithful in your current season. Secondly, seek God in every season. Seek God in every season. This is uh, absolute key to David's success. Here's a man who no matter what he went through, good times, bad times, blessed times, challenging times, he sought God all along the way. He clearly was a man who sought God and developed a relationship with God while he was out tending his father's sheep. He was clearly a man who knew God because by the time he came before Goliath, he had confidence in God to kill Goliath. And he was clearly a man who developed a relationship with God when Saul was after him. And when the times were really tough and when he hit almost rock bottom, he didn't ultimately despair but he turned to the Lord. There's one incident in 1 Samuel chapter 30 when things have gone particularly badly for David. You can read about it in your own time. And it says in 1 Samuel 30 verse 6, David was greatly distressed. Have you ever been greatly distressed? Some of you right now, you may feel that that's where I'm at right now. I'm hit rock bottom. David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him. How many of you think that that would qualify as a trial? (laughs) Things are so bad, people are wanting to stone him. But what does David do? David does what David always does. He turns to the Lord. In his despair, it says, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. I believe this is a strengthening word for many of you. You need to, in your time of trouble, you need to turn to the Lord your God and receive his strength. 
As I was preparing for this, I started looking back at the Psalms. We, we did a series on the Psalms last summer called Soundtrack for Life. And you'll know that many of the Psalms were written by David. And almost just a, a skimming through, I started just being struck again. Here's a man who sought God in every season. And I've literally just chosen a fairly random selection of, of psalms and just looked at the first verse. Let me read these to you. And as I do, why don't you uh, allow the Lord to speak to you? Why don't you allow something from your heart to cry to the Lord? Keep me safe, my God, in, in you I take refuge. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. In you, Lord, my God, I put my trust. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? To you, Lord, I call. You are my rock. I will exalt you, Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths. I will extol the Lord when? In, in other words, in every season, at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. I love this final one, Psalm 63. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly or diligently, I seek you. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. Amen. And so we see here the lifestyle of a worshiper. The lifestyle of a God chaser. I don't know, I know some of you, but I don't know exactly what season you're in. I know what season I'm in. And I know the posture of my life, and I intend to keep it that way, is that in every season, I am determined, I am resolved to be a man who keeps seeking God. You see, I've learned that when you put God first, he can sovereignly work things to his good, for my good and for his glory. Seek God in every season. And he's not just seeking God for what he can get out of him. You say sometimes it, we need to ask ourselves the question, why don't we get where God wants us to quick, more quickly? Partly because we're not ready. And God loves us too much to, to promote us beyond what we can cope with. But I believe there's another important reason for delays. Because I believe the Lord wants us to know that life is not so much just about a destination as a destiny. And our destiny and our true satisfaction is not when we've arrived somewhere, but when we've developed an ongoing, loving, satisfying relationship with God himself. For someone to say, Lord, your love is better than life. Can you say that? I mean, it's easy, isn't it, when we're in tough times to say your love, love is better than this life. But I believe a challenge in our culture sometimes can be, your love is better than the, than the Western dream. Whatever that is these days. Your love satisfies. And I believe if we're going to go through every season in the right way, we need to say, Lord, whatever season I'm in, I'm not going to just wait for the new season. I'm going to delight in you. I'm going to satisfy myself in you. I'm going to strengthen myself in you because as I put you first, I'm going to be ready for the next season. Amen. And so I want to say to all of Kingsgate, Cambridge, Leicester, London, in Peterborough, let's this summer make a decision that we're going to seek God. 
Thank you for your enthusiasm. Now, let me say it again. Let's make a decision this summer that we're not going to go on holiday from God. If you're going on holiday, you're going to be going on holiday with God. And you're going to take extra time to seek Him. Extra time to worship, extra time to pray, extra time to get in the Word, extra time to encounter Him and hear Him. Let's be people, first, who are faithful in our current season, then we determine we're going to seek God in every season. And then thirdly, and really importantly, we need to be expectant for a greater season. Expectant for a greater season. This is so important. You see, if you've been in one season for a long time, you can end up settling and thinking, this is it. I mean, David was in this season of promise for about 15 years. And if we get stuck, we lose perspective, and we can think, this is my story. This is, this is where it's going to end. But I want to tell you, as I heard a preacher friend of mine recently say, this is not your story, this is your season. Season's going to change. See, we have the benefit of the Bible. David, when he's in the midst of some of the tough times, David didn't know the story of David. But we do. So we can look and say, hey... Here's a guy who kept faithful, sought God, and God, who's over his life, was watching over his word to perform it. And it encourages us to know that the same God of David is our God too, and he's faithful. We can get perspective on our life. Some of you right now, it's so important you realize this because you're in a tough time. And you're in danger of defining your life by your season. Can I say, this is not, this is just your season, it's not your story. Some of you need to say that. This is my season, not my story. God has more for me. Come on, somebody. God has a greater season ahead. God still has plans for my life. There are still unfulfilled prophecies over my life. Come on. Greater things are yet to come. Greater things are yet to be done. Over your life, over my life, over this church. Thank God for what is. Thank God for what's been. But let's press in with expectancy for what's to come. Something about expectancy. It helps you in the midst of the tough times to lift up your head. But can I say, it's, in one sense, this is equally important that if right now you're in a good season, you feel, I feel pretty blessed. Life isn't particularly tough. Can I say it's almost as dangerous? The prospect of settling in your current season, it can almost be as great than if you're in a tough time. Because if you're in a tough time, you're desperate to get out, right? I believe one of the challenges of life is that we need to stay expectant whether in a tough season or a blessed season. You see, 
the enemy of great is not just bad, it's good. Did you get that? You see, if I settle for the good and God has great, then I'm going to miss out on God's best. You say, well, I'm actually feeling pretty blessed. I'm glad you're blessed right now if you are. But God has not just blessed you for you to be blessed. He's blessed you so you might be a blessing. Don't settle where you are. Stay expectant for a greater future. So how do we do that? I believe the key to expectancy is not just a positive attitude, it's faith in the promises of God. See, how could David keep moving forward? How did he manage to stay faithful? How did he keep focused on God even in tough times? I believe because one of the reasons is because he was a man of promise. See, he had had a word, you're going to be king. He had received the Holy Spirit. I believe one of the keys to us moving forward is we know, when we know God has said. You say, well, how do I know what God has for my life? There's, that's another whole series, another whole subject on discerning the will of God. But let me just throw out a few things. Number one, sometimes just the quiet whispers in your heart, you know that God is prompting you. God is promising you. Sometimes you're reading your Bible. And, and, and rather than just... Well, this is good, this is fine, this is true. Suddenly a verse leaps out and God says, and that's for you. Can I encourage you? Write down what God says. Keep a record. Encourage yourself in the season you're in. I thank God for this season. I'm going to be faithful in this season. I'm going to seek God in this season. But times you need to stir yourself up and say, I, I really believe over my life, this is not cliche, the best really is yet to come. I've got promises over my life. Sometimes promise, promises can come through prophecy from others. And just as a bit of ground rules, you know, if God has a word from somebody for you, may well be an authentic word. Just check it out. Make sure it witnesses with your spirit. Promises. Promises, promises. When David eventually becomes king of Israel, tribe of, tribes of Israel come to him and they said this, and the Lord said to you, you will shepherd my people Israel and you will become their ruler. I mean, they're actually reminding David of the promise over his life. Do you know it's easy to declare the promise of God when the promise of God has been fulfilled. It's a lot harder to declare the promise of God before it's been fulfilled. And I believe that David many, many times through his life declared the promise over his life before it ever came to pass. Faith is not waiting for the promise to be fulfilled. Faith is taking a hold of the promise of God, declaring it, believing it, acting on the light of it before it comes to pass. And just you watch. God who is faithful is watching over his word. It will come to pass in Jesus' name. We've got to stay expectant based on the promises of God. Speak out his word through his spirit. Know that he is faithful. And I believe many, many of us can relate to the fact that we know in this life there's so much more, there's a greater season. Some of you may say, well, because of 
my past or because of the particular season of life, I'm not sure there is much ahead. I feel I've only got a limited season. Make the most of this season. Make the most of the years that God has given you. You can determine to say, God, I'm going to make these the best years. And I'm going to do it not just by me growing and fulfilling destiny, but I'm going to be somebody who determines I'm going to leave a legacy. And in the years that God has given me, I'm going to invest in next generation and see the legacy of my life multiplied to much kingdom glory. Amen. Never settle for second best. And then can I say this is something that every single Christian on planet earth can be assured of. There really is a greater season. Because whatever season you're in right now, whatever seasons in this life you have, you have ahead, all of us can be assured that eternally we are going to come into a season. When the king who has come, Jesus, who is now gone back to the Father in heaven, is coming back again, not to suffer and die again for our sins. He's done that already. But this time he's coming back to rule and to reign and to get rid of all unrighteousness and all justice, injustice and all sickness and all pain. And he's going to remove the shroud of death. <laughs> Hallelujah. And everyone who is truly his is going to be gloriously resurrected. We're going to have new bodies. We're going to live on a new earth in the new heavens. The best is yet to come. There's a greater season ahead. Remind yourself of these things. And as you remind yourself of the ultimate greater season, it's the perspective that means you can be faithful right now in your current season. It'll encourage you to keep seeking God in every season. And I believe it will inspire you to stay expectant for greater seasons to come, even in this life, knowing that ultimately... Eternally, the best is yet to come. Amen. Father, I want to thank you for your fatherhood and your sovereignty. Thank you, Lord, that you are faithful. Lord, I thank you that you're watching over your word to perform it. Thank you, Lord, that this word is going to come, encourage people, set people free, give them perspective and hope. And for our part, we say we want to be faithful. We want to seek you. We want to stay expectant, knowing that you are good. Your will be done. Your kingdom come in our lives and through our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen.